back to another episode of me avoiding the coronavirus by spending all of my time inside my bedroom. As always, I'm your host, Zach Cronin, and I'm eternally grateful for you to be spending some time here with me today before ultimately moving on to bigger and better things. Now, today's topic is the 2019-2020 NBA MVP race. Over the last couple of weeks or so, the debates have really kicked into high gear. Now, the race is a two-player race. It's LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers and Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. After that, there is pretty much nobody that is contending for the award. I mean, some people might talk about James Harden. Others might talk about Kawhi Leonard, but they are really, but LeBron and Giannis are really the only two guys whom you can make a case for. Now, I must lead into this by saying that I was Team LeBron for the majority of the season, although I admired Giannis from afar, and I would not be upset if he won the MVP award. However, I'm I'm back to being on the fence. Now, this is probably the third time I'm going to switch my MVP candidate. At the beginning of the season, oddly enough, I had neither of these two guys Winning the MVP, I thought that maybe Luka Doncic would win the award. Yes, that is correct. Luka Doncic, the 21-year-old Slovenian who is having a remarkable season. I mean, undeniably, one of the elite players in the Western Conference. He's just no longer in the race, and that's no fault of his own. It's simply the fact that his ankles just cannot stay healthy. Now, at the beginning of the season, what really put me on to Luka was his incredible play, right? So he's averaging like a 30-point triple-double for or somewhere around a 30-point triple-double for the first couple of months, right? Dallas is one of the best teams out West. They are still a decent team. I believe they are seventh right now in the conference. They have like a 39-26 and 26 record, something like that. They have lost a little bit of steam in recent weeks, and that's because Luka has missed some time with his ankle ailments let's just see how many games he's missed he's missed what is this eight seven eight nine just about 13 games which not bad but not great and i at this point he just he simply i don't think he has enough to stay in the race as far as durability is concerned now let's get into the actual argument lebron and Giannis. so Giannis is having one of the most impressive seasons of all time, right? So at the time of this recording, it is Tuesday morning. Giannis is averaging 29.6 points, 13.7 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. He is the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the league. And the Milwaukee Bucks overall are having one of the greatest seasons in the history of the NBA. They are on pace for about 70 wins or so. Granted, they're... Uh, they're a little less now that they've dropped, I believe it's the last two games, against the Nuggets and the Suns. So their pace has been pushed down a little bit. But regardless, they're they're going to be the best team in the East, and they're probably going to march to the finals with relative ease, hopefully. So Giannis's season is indescribable, almost. He's pretty much putting up Shaq-like numbers. And he, 
he doesn't really play like Shaq, but he does because he's enormous, right? We all know that Giannis is this physical freak. This guy, this guy is damn near seven feet tall. His arms are about 13 feet long. He's got tremendous strength. His athleticism is unrivaled. And he pretty much just bullies anybody who tries to guard him. And there's nothing they can do to stop it. I mean, the Miami Heat did a decent job a couple days ago with Bam Adebayo. Shout out to him. He's another young player having a fantastic season. But even then, Giannis helped out the Heat a lot by not being his most aggressive. He did settle for a bunch of jump shots in the game against the Heat, which is something you don't want to see. And that contrasts how he played the first time the Heat and the Bucks matched up. That was when he had 29 points and shot 12 of 21 from the floor. So it was a different Giannis that evening. Now, overall, still shooting about 55% from the floor. And that is as high as it is because he's shooting 62% on twos. Threes, still not a part of his game, even though there was that run, that one stretch some time ago where he was actually making threes. It's proven that at this rate, it's not sustainable. Now, one thing that Giannis has going for him is, of course, Milwaukee's success. Even though they've slipped a little bit, a little bit, not much, a little bit, they are still, as I mentioned before, the best team in the East and on pace to have to be a historically great team, right? So at the time of this recording, they are 53-12. and 12. Just a phenomenal record. And Giannis is a huge piece of that. It's clear that they miss him tremendously when he's out. Although Chris Middleton is a fantastic player in his own right, he just simply struggles to carry the team when Giannis isn't there. And rightfully so. When you have someone of Giannis's caliber, they're not so easily replaceable. You know, Middleton and Bledsoe can only do so much, and the Bucks are only so deep, right? So Giannis goes out, even though they haven't been getting whooped by their opponents, the outcomes, of course, haven't been favorable because they're missing that the extra dynamic that Giannis provides. Now, they're also adversely affected defensively. The last three games, they lost to the Lakers, surrendered 113 points. They gave up 140 to the Phoenix Suns. That's just, that's simply unacceptable and they gave up 109 to the Denver Nuggets for the year as a whole Milwaukee's averaging about 107 points allowed per game that's still sixth best in the league and it's only so high because pardon me because their pace of play is so quick they're first in overall pace but their defense is so staggeringly efficient that they suffocate opponents despite having this up-tempo play style and Giannis is a big reason in that because he's so versatile so he's got tremendous size but that doesn't limit him to being only in the paint because he's a mobile big because he can move laterally forwards backwards and contend with some of these spectacular athletes that he has to match up with Mike Budenholzer can move him around. He can also keep Brook Lopez on the floor, who is a fantastic shot blocker, to lock down the paint because Giannis doesn't have to be a paint presence exclusively. He can move around the perimeter. He can play in the post if that's a lineup that the Bucks so choose to deploy. And if Giannis's man 
is proficient in that regard, but he can defend someone like Pascal Siakam, for example, because of his athleticism. Now, when we shift the argument over to LeBron and the Lakers, it's very different. So LeBron, LeBron is having a tremendous season. So he's at 25.7 points, 10.6 assists, 7.8 rebounds, shooting 59.7% from the floor and about 35% from three. The Lakers are the best team in the West right now, boasting a 49-13 and 13 record. Of course, LeBron is instrumental in this, but they also have Anthony Davis. That is... How am I going to say this? So the Bucks are the more complete team, but it's tough to overlook the Lakers having two of the six best players in the league. I'm not saying that affects the race in any way. It really doesn't. Both teams have these systems, and they thrive in them. The Lakers are constructed to extract the most out of LeBron and Davis, and the Bucks are more team-oriented. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just how the coaches and GMs constructed the roster. I'm not going to begrudge LeBron or Giannis for that because I can't. There's there's no reason for it. But the big thing with LeBron is that his numbers really don't compare to Giannis's. Except, of course, LeBron is a much better playmaker. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. But that's something we've known for the totality of his career. And there's no denying that LeBron is playing some of the best basketball of his career. It's incredible to see him at 35 years old just dominating the way he does. And doing it like he's 26, 27, 28. I mean, going out there, barely breaking a sweat. Of course, the effort on defense isn't what it once was, but that's that's somewhat expected when you have a star who is as old as LeBron is and he has to have as massive a load as he does. So, the basic numbers favor Giannis, right? He's got the edge in scoring, edge in shooting, edge in rebounds. He's a superior defensive player, even though he's averaging fewer steals than LeBron. Now, the MVP award will always have a narrative attached to it. It will forever be that way. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just how it is. A couple years ago, when it was James Harden versus Russell Westbrook, what happened? James Harden lost the award because he averaged two fewer rebounds than Russell Westbrook. Westbrook averaged a triple-double, had a historic season, deserved to be in the race. I did not pick him to win, but I'm not upset that he won. But that race in particular was really jarring because the narrative behind Westbrook overshadowed Harden's play. I mean, Harden averaged like 30, 11, and 7 that year. It's just phenomenal. And the Rockets, I think they won 65 games that season as well. Oklahoma City did not have as much team success, but it was also in the wake of Kevin Durant leaving, so he had that support behind him. It was a very odd race, and the way it played out was kind of surprising, but not really. Unfortunately, the narratives attached to these players will dictate the outcome as much as statistics do. Now, I want to take it back a couple of years to 2010-2011 when the MVP race came down to LeBron James and Derrick Rose, right? So Derrick Rose, 
at this age, at this point, is 21 years old, 22 years old, pardon me. He is basically fresh out of college. And here he is cementing himself as not only an elite point guard, but an elite player. I mean, the kid went on to average 25 points, 7.7 .7 assists, and shot about 45% from the floor. Fantastic season. Um, <clears throat> really just impressive all around. And he goes head-to-head with LeBron James in the MVP race. Mind you, LeBron is a couple years older. He has proven repeatedly that he deserves to be the best player in the world. He has earned that right. He's been doing it for five, six years at this point. And because of LeBron's excellent play, he had already won two MVPs. He was a back-to-back -back MVP in 2009 and 2010. Now, at the time, I was a wee lad I was about, what was I, probably, I think I was 15, 15 or so, I think I was, no, what, how old was I, I was a teenager, I was like 14, 15, something like that, and <clears throat> I wasn't old enough to really understand the narratives and how they played into the award race, I thought that Derrick Rose won the MVP because he was better than LeBron James, and to an extent, that is kind of true i mean kind of sort of not really so the way it breaks down is lebron had the edge in scoring rebounds and efficiency he shot 51 percent from the floor derrick rose oh also averaged more steals and more blocks lebron was Giannis in this instance <clears throat> superior player although his numbers weren't as historic as Giannis's are now but also um, superior defensive player as well and the record, the team records, really, that was another thing. So I'm pulling it up right now. Chicago that season, oh, I'm just kidding, hold on. So Chicago that season, they won 62 games. Um, Miami, that was LeBron's first season with the Heat. They only won 58 games. Now, Chicago having such an incredible season played into their favor, right? When I'm looking at an MVP candidate, I want all of the information available to me. I want basic numbers. I want advanced numbers. I want team numbers. I want team success. And the narrative is at the very bottom. And then it's you have all the ancillary factors like age, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But those don't play in as much as everything else. So, for instance, going back to Harden and Westbrook, I went with Harden because... Harden's team was superior, and the levels of play were about the same. In this case, you have the exact same thing. Derrick Rose and LeBron James are playing at a similar level. Derrick Rose has the better team, and that is probably what pushed him over the edge. Again, I'm not saying that Derrick Rose did not deserve to be in the MVP race, but looking at the numbers... You could see why some would give it to LeBron James. And we're going to dive into the advanced numbers for a little bit. Um, I know there are more than a few people who don't really like analytics. So I'm just going to give you the Cliff Notes version of this. LeBron had the edge in PER, had the edge in box plus minus, albeit by a little bit in both of these, and also had the edge in uh, win shares per 48 minutes, which is a metric that it quantifies 
how much a player produces in a team winning one game, right? So <clears throat> add all that together, and the margins are close enough to where it wouldn't be egregious for Derrick Rose to win, and it wasn't. Now, one of the things that played into LeBron's metrics being lower than what we were used to is that his usage rate was down. He was at 26.9% compared... Oh, that's the playoff. Oh, hold on. I'm going to have to cut all this because I'm stupid. Wow, I'm big dumb. Okay, so... And now I have the actual numbers. Apologize about that. Uh, LeBron still has the edge in PER and box plus minus. He still has the edge in all these categories. But um, where I was talking shit was <laughs> the usage rate. So for the regular season, their usage rates were much more comparable. Now, that of course allowed Derrick Rose to produce at this level because he didn't have to really share with anybody. And that's fine. I'm not begrudging him with that. But looking back on it, I think what played into this decision more than it should have was you have Derrick Rose, who is this fresh face, and he's going head-to-head -head with a reigning two-time MVP. LeBron would have won his third consecutive MVP, and I don't know if the voters wanted to see that. It's kind of like they have fatigue about putting LeBron in the race every year because he he's I think he's been pretty much top five every season since he came into the league. So now Derrick Rose is here, the apparent heir to the throne. They give him the award just to break up the monotony because if they didn't, I think LeBron would have gone on to win five straight MVP awards. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that this is what happened. And I can't say for certain that the, the voters conspired against LeBron, but it's a story. Ultimately, that's what it is. Derrick Rose beating out LeBron for the MVP is a great story. It's very heartwarming. I'm glad, I guess I'm glad that Derrick Rose won the MVP because it cemented him as a truly great player. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but narratives always play a part. And I believe that narratives, of course, are going to play a part in this race as well. So, the narrative right now is being pushed against Giannis. It's, it's kind of like grossly clear that there is, in there, that there is an agenda. I don't know why it's this way. It's just how it is. Now, on ESPN yesterday, during a segment for The Jump, Dave McMenamin went on and started talking all this bullshit about how LeBron should be the MVP for reasons that have nothing to do with his play on the court. He mentioned the situation with China. He also brought up Kobe, which I thought was disgusting. Um... There's no reason to include that factor in LeBron James's play. Um, I do see why he brought it up because it got people talking. That's for sure. He pretty much said that um, having to go through the season with the loss of Kobe, especially playing for the Lakers, um, that I don't know why he, I don't know why he brought that up. It's probably because of the Laker connection. 
Um, but LeBron isn't the only one who is dealing with it. I mean, look at Kyrie Irving when he was playing. Kobe was one of his best friends. And Kyrie had to play without his best friend being there. It was just, it, it's something that should not have been brought up. I was very disappointed, actually, to see Dave resort to that. Now, I don't know if he did that on his own accord or if the producers were trying to shoehorn it in there. Either way, it was disgusting. It should not have been brought up. Um, and then also another talking point is LeBron's age. Now, this one I kind of understand because at 35, he should not be in the MVP race. He, he shouldn't. The amount of NBA players who begin to fall off in their early to mid-30s is staggering. It's pretty much all of them aside from a select few. Not only is LeBron not taking any steps back, he looks like he's getting better, which should not happen. It's not how athletes are supposed to age. They are supposed to get worse the older they get. LeBron, if not better, he's at least the same. And it's quite spectacular, actually. But when you take into account that he really hasn't slowed down over the last couple of years, it really shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, the only reason... Really, the only thing that's worked against him since he entered his third decade of life was the groin injury last season that limited him. And that was even a freak accident. He slipped on a wet spot on the floor, and his shit just popped or whatever. Now, for Giannis, the age case could also be used against him because Giannis is 25 years old, right? 25. He should now just be entering his prime. The seasons he had two and three years ago, he should have been doing that now because that's the trajectory for most players. Instead, he won an MVP at 24. Why are we surprised? Why can't we use that and boost him up? Be like, oh, you know, Giannis is only 25 and he's the best player in the league. That 25 is young for an athlete, especially with how Giannis's begin Giannis's career began. I mean, it's just. It's unfathomable the, the lengths some people will go just to discredit their opposition. And I'm just, I don't understand the point because it just, you're nullifying your own argument because the information is there. You can form a logical opinion for picking either Giannis or LeBron. And you can then use that opinion toward your opposition and they can take their educated opinion and throw it back at you. And it just makes the debate more fun because once you start talking about shit that doesn't matter, it's just, it doesn't become, it's it's not fun. Like you can, when you listen to a podcast or you watch someone on TV and they start spitting all this nonsense, it's like, man, why has it got to be this way? Why can't we just have educated conversations? Now, I understand that getting your information from social media and from TV isn't the best way because a lot of it is sensationalized. A lot of it is trolling, which I understand. I get on social media and I troll. I don't take it too seriously because that's not the forum for it. And everyone has biases. Like, it's impossible for us not to have biases, especially when it comes to, like, old and young. So the older generation, people my age and older... We grew up watching LeBron, 
So we have an attachment to him. This might be one of the last times he's able to win the MVP. So he also has that going for him. Now, the younger generation, they are going to grow up and they're watching Giannis. They will continue to watch Giannis. And at a point, should hopefully Giannis continues this for the next decade or so, we'll be in a similar position. Now, one of the reasons why I switched from Luka Doncic to LeBron was because even if the Mavericks were better than better than the Lakers, even if Doncic put up better numbers than LeBron, as long as they were close, the edge was going to go to LeBron because when you have a younger player, in theory, they have more time. No, not stupid. Uh, sorry about that. Siri thought I was talking to her, but I wasn't. Selfish bitch. When you have a younger player, they have more time to accumulate these awards, right? So Giannis or Luka Doncic, for example, they have eight, nine, ten years left. And in a few years, those two are probably going to be going head-to-head for the MVP. LeBron doesn't. At a certain point, James Harden doesn't. You know, Kawhi Leonard in a couple years might not have another shot at winning the MVP. And you... It gets to a point where you feel obligated to give them this award and make up for all the times they didn't get it. Because LeBron James is one of those players where he could win the MVP every season. Just like how Michael Jordan was. Michael Jordan was the best player in the league every year, was the most valuable player on his team every year. And he he could have made the case that he deserved to win how 13 or 14 MVPs, however long he was in the league for. It's the same with LeBron. Every season, we're talking about him in the MVP race. As long as he's healthy, which he has been for the majority of his career, he's been a finalist for the award. It's just how he is. He's that great. Giannis is probably going to be in a similar situation a couple years from now because he's already proving that he's arguably the best player on the planet. If if he isn't the best, he's one of the top two, and he's only getting better. Next season, he could probably average 32-12-7. I mean, it's just the sky is the limit for him, really. And unfortunately, that is not being used as the uh, – where, where am I going with this thought? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that thought, honestly. But – the point remains, Giannis should win the NBA MVP. You can pick LeBron, and I would not be upset if LeBron won it because I understand. And it's not like Giannis would be getting robbed. LeBron is a worthy candidate. There's the re- there's a reason it's just those two now. No one's going to join the race. It's them two. It's, it's, that's just how it is. Either one of these guys deserves to win the MVP. If LeBron wins it, cool. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset. If Giannis wins it, cool. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset. But it's just how it is. You can't please everybody. And the narrative is going to drive the award just as much as the numbers are. So I am switching. I'm going to make it official. I am switching from Team LeBron to Team Giannis. I have seen the light. Um, I have seen Giannis's impact on the team firsthand 
and the Bucks are not in this position without him. And oh, and another thing before I forget, if y'all are keep trying to do that fucking bullshit where it's like, oh, if the Lakers were in the East and the Bucks were in the West, they would beat the Lakers. Would be better than the Bucks. It, it doesn't matter. That's not how it is. Stop with that hypothetical bullshit. We're all adults here. It, it doesn't. We don't need to do it. We just we simply do not need to do it. I was not a fan when in any any case any time that's brought up, it's not cool. Don't do it. We're not playing hypotheticals here, and also not doing that shit. Where it's like, oh, if you put Giannis on the Lakers and LeBron the Bucks, the Bucks are winning seventy seven games. They might because Giannis and Anthony Davis are probably not a good combo alongside each other. Also because if you put Giannis on the Lakers. They don't have someone to create on the perimeter for them. I mean, what's going on here? The Bucks are constructed around Giannis. The Lakers are constructed around LeBron. I'm done ranting. My blood is beginning to boil. I think I'm going to have an ulcer at some point. But we are not leaving just yet. We are talking about COVID-19 and how the Ivy League just canceled their... Conference tournament. I'm going to pull it up right here. I saw it this morning. I was at the gym. I got the notification from some Apple News thing. Oh, yeah, I got it from a Bleacher Report. So, I just... It says, quote, Current official statement from the league, the decision to cancel the events was made with the health of students as well as the campus and the general community in mind. Ivy League Executive Director Robin Harris issued a statement, quote, we understand and share the disappointment with student-athletes, coaches, and fans who will not be able to participate in these tournaments. Regrettably, the information and recommendations presented to us from public health authorities and medical professionals have convinced us that this is the most prudent decision. So, that means that I believe Yale is going to the NCAA tournament. Um, kind of stinks. I mean, I, I don't see the... I just... I don't understand... The point of this right let's see i'm going to continue i'm going to continue reading the decision to cancel the basketball tournament comes after massachusetts state health officials announced the number of confirmed or presumptive coronavirus cases in the state increased from 28 on sunday to 41 on monday per melissa per melissa buja buja i hope i'm if i'm mispronouncing that name i apologize and mark forte for oh God, i'm so bad with names of NBC Boston. I don't... I don't understand. Now, of course, I'm not a doctor. I am no... I'm in no way, shape, or form a medical professional. But... I think... Certain sports leagues are... I don't want to say they're taking it too far, but... It seems like... They're being a little radical with their responses now the coronavirus of course is a big issue it's it really has controlled the news for the last couple of months now there was i believe some italian soccer league uh, they like canceled everything because i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to figure it out now I'm trying to figure it out now um okay here we go italian soccer league postponed amid ongoing coronavirus fears now this is from forbes.com courtesy of giacomo 
Gallardini. Italian Major Soccer League Serie A officially postponed five fixtures which were initially ordered to play behind closed doors per Italian newspaper Gazzetta dello Sport Reports. The decision was taken last Saturday by the government due to the ongoing coronavirus outbreak amid fears of further spreading ZOV-19 throughout the country. Now, Italy has, I believe, the second highest amount of uh, confirmed cases. I don't know the accuracy of that. All I know is that the coronavirus has hit Italy and China particularly hard. I believe I read an article the other day that said 16 million people have been quarantined in Italy. That is a fifth of the population. That is a that's a that's a big fucking deal. Now the United States, I don't believe we haven't been hit as hard. Um, I'm sure it's only going to get worse where I live. Um, New York City. I'm gonna get the official numbers in a second. Now New York City has been hit kind of hard. Not really. Uh, let's see. Let's see where we at. So, as of March 10th. 2020, 9.30 a.m., 25 people in New York City have tested positive. Uh, me, out on Long Island, it is, I think it's somewhere around there. I don't believe there have been any confirmed deaths yet. However, several sports, because not just the NBA, the uh, MLB and MLS, I believe, are also taking some precautions. It started with Adam Silver urging players not to sign certain items, avoid High-fiving fans, stuff like that. Uh, I'm about to head over to Woj's Twitter because he tweeted something out the other day that was that is pertinent to this topic. Oh, this yeah, this is so. Him and Brian Winhorst reported that the NBA is planning to limit locker room access to only players and essential team personnel in wake of coronavirus. Teams are also instructed to create six to eight foot distance between players and media in available sessions outside locker rooms. That's also coming on the heels of the NBA potentially playing games in an empty arena, which would be quite the sight, although I don't know if that's actually going to happen. But just wash your hands, folks. I mean, maybe I'm just ignorant, but this doesn't seem to be a big deal towards me and I, I think I'm in the minority because I know a handful of people that are freaking out like oh my god this is terrible it's definitely not good to have a virus that is spreading this quickly but it's strange because it's pretty much of it's very similar to the flu from what I've read and from what I've heard from people who are much smarter than myself now that's unfortunate because if you get it, there is there is no cure for it. It's a virus, has to go through your system, and you know you're gonna probably shit and pitch, shit and th vomit your brains out for a couple days, and then hopefully it'll pass through. You'll be good. Now maybe I'm ignorant because I'm a young person with a healthy immune system, so I'm not really too worried about getting sick. You know, just wash your hands. Don't sneeze on people. Don't let sick people spit in your mouth. I mean. I understand the NBA wanted to take all these extra precautions and it really it does make sense when you realize that everybody is so close to one another but I don't know
I don't... I really... I really don't know. I mean, limiting, you know, people being in the stadium would make a lot more sense than, you know, doing all this stuff with the media, I guess. But, you know, Adam Silver and the owners, the governors, whatever you want to call them, they are trying to protect themselves. So I do respect the proactivity. Um, maybe it's a little much. I guess it is. But, you know, thinking about it is it really is better to be safe than sorry. I mean, the last thing you need is someone sitting courtside with the virus. You know, they sneeze and Steph Curry or LeBron or whoever, they get a little bit of these germs. And next thing you know, the whole league is sick. Um, I get it. But I think what really makes this strange is that they don't talk of, <laughs> they don't really talk about it during flu season and how you should be doing all the extra, like you should, the exact same thing that you're doing now, you should do during flu season. Wash your hands and just don't be a dick. Don't go around coughing on people. I mean, because this really is pretty much a strain of flu. And there are other strains of flu that exist where you could get it without a vaccine. Uh, I, I think I'm just rambling at this point. I don't know. I sound bitter. I'm not. I'm just, I don't know. I need some stuff to talk about. That's really... That's really all it is. So remember, wash your hands. Uh, let's see, is there anything else? Let's see, is it on Twitter right now? Skip Bayless called Trey Young overrated. All right. Um, oh, what the fuck are we doing disrespecting Charles Barkley? Have y'all have y'all seen this? Draymond Green. And Charles Barkley, they have ongoing beef, I guess. But Draymond, I mean, in short, Draymond said that him and Chuck aren't in the same league because Draymond has a couple rings and Chuck, infamously, has zero. Now that is just so damn disrespectful, right? Charles Barkley, granted he was before my time. This man, anytime I see highlights of him, I'm like, yo, this man was on a different level. So, first career average, 22 and 12, four assists. I mean, just won an MVP, 11 time All Star, 11 time All NBA, in the Hall of Fame. To say that Draymond Green, who is a solid player, to say that Draymond Green is above Charles, Barkley, Charles Barkley's level is just. Is absurd and Chuck actually <laughs> and Chuck actually just responded uh, this is courtesy of the Dan Patrick show he goes quote he's the least famous person in the boy band and he thinks he's a star and he's not he's lucky to be in the boy band <laughs> he thinks all the girls are screaming for him no they're screaming for Justin Timberlake who in this instance is probably Steph Curry man I love it I love it <laughs> <laughs> Someone said Chuck preaching. I love it. <laughs> nah, but for real, I mean, Draymond, he was instrumental in bringing multiple championships to the Bay Area. I mean, his presence on defense is, you, you can't say enough about it. He is a fantastic defender, versatile, does everything. But Chuck, one of the 20 greatest players of all time. Draymond, 
for all for all the good he does on defense and for all the good he does as a playmaker, he's just he's different. The two guys are different. But I mean it was just it was silly for Draymond to talk like that, but you know, athletes are different. I get it. I understand why. I don't condone the behavior, but I understand. I do. Let's see what else we got. That might be everything. I'm thinking that might be everything. Hold up. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be it. So, in short, Giannis is going to win the MVP. LeBron might also win the MVP if the narrative pushes strong enough. Uh, wash your hands. And Charles Barkley is a better all-time player than Draymond Green. I'm going to close it on that note. Thank you guys so very much for listening, and I will see y'all next week.